everybody, and welcome to NSN Daily here on this Friday alongside Chris Murray. I'm Alex Margulies. We're going to jump right into it. We've got General Manager of Reno 1868 FC, Doug Raftery, joining us. It's going to be a huge weekend at Greater Nevada Field. Saturday night, Western Conference semifinals against the Phoenix Rising. Doug, uh, you found out earlier this week that your plan was approved to have up to 10% of capacity at Greater Nevada Field. So that means 700 fans up from 250 last weekend can come to this match. What does that mean to you and the organization just to be able to have your fans back into the building, even just a small amount of them? It means a lot. Um, you know, we, we've been going at this thing for a long time now. And I'd say really once, uh, you know, bars, I think, became uh, open to a certain extent. That's when we started to think, okay, I think there could be an opportunity in the near future for an announcement to come. And Governor Sisolak did make that announcement. And we had to work through some things with the Washoe County Health District, which we, we did. And, and we did it well with 250. They were certainly pleased, um, had some critique, things to fix. Uh, we believe we fixed those and think we'll be able to host 700. But man, I mean, it was loud with 250. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it's going to be like with, with 700. The guys are going to be very, very excited. Yeah, how excited were they just to play in front of some fans for the first time at home this year in the last uh, matchup? And then, you know, obviously with the boost coming into this uh, postseason game. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things for the players that, uh, you know, they, they didn't know what to expect from a fan standpoint, from how much energy it was going to give them. Uh, and I think it, it kicked them into a higher gear than they expected. So I think when they step out onto the pitch uh, with 700 and here really we're going to have about four sections of um, supporter group members, uh, it's going to be even louder. So I, I think the energy is going to be at an all-time high from what you've seen in, in 2020. It's just going to be different, right? It's the next step. It's the next progression. So hopefully, right, sooner or later, whether that's 2021 or whatever it may be, to get to thousands within a stadium atmosphere. Doug, you and I have talked about this, and, and it's great for the players, it's great for the front office, but it's really great for the community. It's great for the fans of your team, many of which who have actually come outside of the ballpark and have been peeking through the cracks and have been watching the game from the streets. Uh, how excited are you just to bring your fans and, and see the smiles on their faces and let them watch this team that has done something no team in Reno 1868 history has done, and that's win the regular season, become the number one seed, and now have this home field advantage in the postseason. Yeah, I think there's a lot of energy around the club. I think that's been really neat to see. I don't think it's, you know, good for the community that there's not other things. Uh, but at the same time, it has been neat to, to be able to capitalize on that a little bit as well to grow the 1868 brand. And even with the 250, um, certainly with masks on, you don't see too many smiles, but you have to assume that they're smiling. Uh, and I mean, they were so thrilled to be into the, into the stadium, the fans. Um, and I tell you, you know, it, it, it's tough that it's only 700 as well. Obviously we're happy. We're very happy that it's 700, but there were a lot of people. Um, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of people who missed out, um, on, on ticket opportunities and who want to come thousands and thousands of people who want to come. And uh, my phone won't stop blowing up. Uh, so it's been, it's been interesting in that respect. Obviously, the community is engaged, which is uh, really cool to see. And, and we're very appreciative of that. 
So on Saturday, you guys play in the Western Conference semifinals against Phoenix Rising, which in some ways has kind of been, you know, the standard in the Western Conference over the years. Uh, what are your thoughts just on this matchup and uh, how difficult Phoenix is going to be when you guys face off on Saturday? Yeah, listen, they're good. Uh, two, two good clubs. And it's, it comes down to that. Both clubs have 11 wins on the season. Um, you know, we've had two losses and a few draws. They've had three losses and a couple of draws. So just one point of a difference between these, these two, two clubs. So, I mean, they, they've got a lot of firepower. I think we do match up with them very well um, defensively in particular with the man-to-man defense. They tend to have a lot of guys who rove um, all over the field. And that's one of our specialties in terms of the man-to-man is being able to track those guys and jump lines and skip lines and, 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 and not f- allow them to find spaces. Um, they will be you know, missing one of their uh, top players as well. Um, you know, they, they've missed him for the last uh, couple of games now. So uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Junior Flemings, he was subbed out and that's, you know, the 60th or so minute um, last time out for um, a guy named Dadashoff. And he's, uh, he's good, you know, a tall guy who can play in the number nine right up top for them. So that'll just be a new challenge of having him from the start of the game. But we've lost a lot of tape. Uh, we'll do another video session um, today and uh, get ready for, for tomorrow. Doug, from your perspective, what do you think has been the difference with this year's Reno team that has pushed them further over the hump, you know, than, than previous uh, clubs? What is it about this group of guys uh, that has just had that right mix? Yeah, I think it goes back to the beginning of, you know, the guys we signed from a returning standpoint. It was a pretty, pre- you know, a, a pretty fresh club. Uh, we had six returners from 2019 sign on. And I think with those six, we knew that we wanted to, to build around them. That was our core. We, we knew that they had the mindset um, and the ability to progress this far. And then it was building around them, right? And you pretty much go through it. Uh, you know, I don't want to call it a domino effect, but once you get your top target, it sort of goes from there. And we had a couple of top targets uh, and we were able to land um, those guys. And we felt really good of the success they've had in the league. Um, Cristiano Francois being one of them being able to win tight games, uh, you know, those, those close wins are extremely important from a leadership perspective on the field. You got a guy like Corey Herzog, who's been in the league for a little bit of time now and knows how to win games. Um, they have really taken um, the bull by its horns, really. Kevin Partita as well, really been a leader. Brent Richards in the locker room. I mean, those guys have just stepped up. And that's what I, I feel like, I don't want to say we've been missing, um, but they've stepped up more than uh, we've seen in the past three years. And that's been very influential, I think, in the locker room more than anything else. One of the little running discussions we've had the last couple of weeks is who's the MVP of this team? And everyone's kind of, you know, they've wiggled off the answer. They haven't answered the question. <laughs> you answer the question. Who is this year's? You can name a bunch of guys. You can give everybody some love. But you got to give me at least one just the, the MVP of Reno 1868 FC in 2020. Yeah, that's a fan vote. Isn't it? <laughs> I won't skirt around it. I won't it's skirt unfa- around it's it. It's unfair, man. It's unfair. Yeah, no, it's all good. Um, listen, I, I truly do believe that um, Kevin Partita is actually very underrated in terms of how people look at him and his effect on the game. Um, as a number six within the system that we play, he could still go box to box, but Sergio Rivas really is more of that attacking-minded type of guy. But you'll find Kevin in the attacking third for sure. But, I mean, Kevin rotates with our center backs as well, and our center backs are jumping lines and finding themselves in spots they normally don't. He's able to shift back. He keeps a really good shape for us, and then he, he moves the ball from side to side of the pitch very well, uh, and he creates a lot of opportunities, not necessarily directly from Kevin, but, for example, from Kevin to 
Corey um, to, you know, out wide to Francois into Foster Langsdorf, who has finished a lot of goals. So I, I really think it, it, a lot of the stuff that we do does start from Kevin. Um, but as you said, I mean, you can name plenty of guys, right? I mean, Foster's been fantastic for us. Corey just had a great match against L.A., um, among many, many others. Doug, uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, looking forward to being out there tomorrow night. It should be a great match uh, and hopefully uh, punching a ticket to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. And, of course, we'll have the broadcast right here on Nevada Sportsnet at 6 o'clock. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Good luck with the call tomorrow night. Appreciate it. All right, we'll have Jake Anderson from Arizona Sports 98.7. He's going to have a further breakdown of Phoenix Rising. We'll have that for you later on in the show. But coming up next, we're going to break into some Wolfpack football talk and a group of moms who's trying to raise money for the nutrition program, the Eat to Win, and part of their interview that you'll see later this weekend on Wolfpack All Access is coming up next. Welcome back to NSN Daily with Chris Murray. I'm Alex Margulies. We had a chance to catch up with a group of Wolfpack moms who have formed a new group to help raise money for the program. Here's part of a conversation that you'll see later this weekend on Wolfpack All Access about raising money for the Eat to Win Nutrition Program and the upcoming Halloween Virtual 5K. Well, first of all, thanks for having us. We're super excited to uh, talk about our group, our fundraising efforts, and our first event that is uh, coming up October 24th. Uh, so uh, we came together really out of just um, grit and gratitude is what we call it. Um, we just have so much gratitude for the University of Nevada, our football program, and uh, we were inspired by Kim Norvell with the Girls Got Grit the past two years, and Coach Norvell's um, really his plea to everybody to be aware um, of the need to support the nutrition program. Um, so we came together uh, we, uh, this summer. And um, we formed our group, Nevada Football Moms, and our focus is really to raise money to support the nutrition program, Eat to Win. Nothing's more dear to our hearts than to feed our boys. And um, so that's how this wonderful group of amazing moms um, has come together. Let's go to Janet Fellinser. Janet, tell me more about the Eat to Win program and just some of the numbers behind this whole deal. Hi, Alex. Thanks. Um, Eat to Win is uh, from Coach Novell, and it's the way to make sure that our players are fed to be able to be out there on the field, to be uh, at the top of their game. So we develop players here, and with that, it's making sure that there's money to be able to fund proteins, fruits, nuts, smoothies, uh, healthy snacks for them. Uh, while they're in training for the program. Uh, one of the successes that we attribute to this program though is Sam Hammond, who came on board four years ago and his stats as a freshman was 6'5", 215 pounds. So um, still a little guy really. Um, but now four years later, he is 6'5", 270 pounds, senior captain, He's a semifinalist for the Campbell Trophy. So um, as a mom that sat through a um, preferred walk-on meeting and Coach Norvell is up talking about eat to win, it kind of grabs you and goes, oh good, I don't have to worry about my kid eating out of the, um, the vending machine or at the fast food place down the street that 
the team thinks enough to make sure that they're fed the way I would feed them. So it's a great program. Yeah, we've definitely seen that transformation from Sam. We say he, he, he looks like a lumberjack now. I mean, he is just big and strong and sturdy. And a big part of that has been able, they've attributed, as you said, big part of that, the fact that he's been able to get in there and eat and, and have access to food. And, and it's crazy to think that this is even something that would have to be something that needs to be supported, but it is, a, it is an issue. And this is why uh, you all are together and, and wanting to raise as much money as possible uh, for these boys. Let's go to Mona. Uh, let's talk about this Halloween 5K. This is really cool. Everyone can participate. You're talking about all over the country. You can do it on a treadmill. You can go run around your local park. Uh, and, and everyone can get involved and run their own 5K. Obviously, we can't all be together, and that's just the reality of what's going on in society. But this is a really cool way to kind of have this camaraderie, um, you know, support the program and uh, be a part of this 5K. Absolutely. And we highly recommend you um, have some fun because that's what our group's about. Grit and gratitude. Let's have some fun. Let's help feed our boys. These are all our boys, whether you have a boy on the team or you're an, a Nevada alum or you just love football. Here's a chance to go get some exercise before the game, before you start eating and drinking and have some fun. So we came up with the idea of the Halloween virtual 5k event before we even knew we were gonna have a game that day. So the good thing is it's a virtual. We did spread it out. So the race is set for Friday, October 23rd until October 25th. It is, uh, you can run at or walk or bike or walk your dog or simply just donate. And we will take it all because every single bit of that money raise will go to this team 100%. Um, the entry fee is only $40. And I know Christine's going to talk about the really cool gear you're going to get. So even if you just pay that $40 to support the boys, you're going to get something really cool at the end of it all. And it's all about grit and gratitude and the Eat to Win program. Um, we will also um, encourage uh, the renters or walkers to dress up and post it on hashtag Eat to Win because we want to see how creative you can be. Remember, you have between October 23rd and October 25th to do this. So you're not gonna be early. If you have to run some you know, of that food and drinks off after our good game on Sunday, feel free to do it. Just make sure you post it. Let us know what you think. We wanna have fun. We're gonna have more events like this. So um, we're just really grateful you're taking time today to, to hear us out. And it, again, it's all out of love for our boys. All right, Chris, it's no secret fundraising right now is a huge deal for Nevada athletics across the board, but this Eat to Win has been something that's been a focus the last couple of years, especially. And to me, this seems like this has got to be just a basic necessity for the program is to be able to feed your players. And when you have a, over a hundred uh, growing boys, and, and I mean, you think of a guy like Sam Hammond and he was mentioned in that interview as someone that came in at about 210 pounds. Now he's closer to 280 and this program has benefited him so much. And this is something that really is going to be important for the program moving forward. I mean, absolutely. If you're not fueling your body correctly, it doesn't matter how much you work out, how many uh, weights that you're lifting, um, you're not going to be able to get your body into the point that it needs to be to go out there and win championships. And, uh, you know, that is a huge, huge aspect. I mean, Jay Norvell obviously comes from programs like Texas and Oklahoma, where they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on food just for their football players. So being able to increase that budget to be able to build through the trenches out, I think is huge for Nevada. It's been a big focus of Jay Norvell for sure. Um, and you've seen it on the field as well. Nevada has been much better 
uh, on the defensive line. They do have bigger guys on that line. And part of that is just recruiting bigger kids, but also part of that is fueling the bodies correctly so that they do have the weight to hold up over the length of the season. So it is uh, definitely a big push. And as you mentioned, uh, fundraising for Nevada more important than ever. I know that we are Nevada campaign just hit $100,000. Um, they're hoping to get around $1.7 by the end of this year. So uh, a ways to go there, but certainly a good start as they try and fill some of these gaps created by the COVID-19 pandemic. If you want more information about that upcoming virtual 5K, the Halloween events, you can head to nevadawolfpack.com slash virtual 5K. And again, you can watch that entire conversation with the Wolfpack moms coming up. Sunday night on Wolfpack All Access, presented by Champion Chevrolet. That will air right after Sunday Night Football on News 4 and at 10 o'clock here on Nevada Sportsnet. Coming up next here on NSN Daily, we'll dive back into some more soccer talk. We've got Reno 1868 and the Phoenix Rising tomorrow night right here on NSN. The winner goes to the Western Conference Finals. We'll talk to Jake Anderson of 98.7 Arizona Sports about the matchup next. Welcome back to NSN Daily. Huge match this Saturday night at Greater Nevada Field in downtown Reno as Phoenix Rising comes to town, a team that really has had Reno 1868's number until this season. Uh, Jake Anderson from 98.7 Radio there down in Arizona, getting ready to jump on a plane and come on up here. Uh, Jake, it was funny. We were talking uh, with you off air before we came on. Before we talk about soccer, you're going to have to put a jacket on, man. Uh, you're coming from Arizona. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm thinking about what I'm going to have to pack warmth wise. Uh, but like you guys were saying earlier, it's, you know, the highs are 80 and that's our low, you know, over here in, in Arizona. So anything under 70 degrees for me is, uh, is probably going to be real jacket weather. What do you think it's going to be at kickoff? Uh, it's somewhere in the high 60s. Yeah, probably. What do you think, Brian? Somewhere in the high 60s. I'm, It'll I'm be nice. It'll be crisp. I'm looking right now. Daytime high Saturday is 82 according to this app. So it might be in the low seventies by kickoff. So uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a bring a beanie cap. <laughs> this will be the coldest kickoff. I will be at all year. I can guarantee you that wow. <laughs> except for maybe some preseason games, but you know, that was a whole lifetime ago. It feels mm -hmm. like Jake, how excited are you just, just to see this match? I mean uh, obviously these two teams met earlier this year in August and it was a great game. Reno prevailed two to one, but you're looking at the two top offenses in the league. Uh, obviously, Phoenix is, is down one of their best offensive players, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But how excited are you just to watch these two teams face off against one another? I actually had a similar conversation with someone yesterday. I think these are the two best teams in the West, hands down. As you alluded to with the goal scoring, the third highest scoring team in the Western Conference is at 30 goals, while Phoenix is at 46 and Reno is at 43. So these, in my opinion, as I said, are the best two teams. Um, it, it's almost unfortunate they have to play in the uh, Western Conference semifinals. Um, but, I mean, you know, with the bracket, the way it was set up this year, you know, it is what it is. But I know from a player's standpoint in Phoenix, these guys are – rematch is the word that they keep using. Um, so, you know, as a, a guy that covers them and gets to talk to the team a lot, it's a, it's a game I've looked forward to um, since basically we – projected it out when uh, Reno was going to play Los Dos and Phoenix was going to host Sacramento. Jake Anderson with uh, 98.7 radio there in Phoenix. Uh, Jake, when it comes to this Phoenix rising team, uh, give us some of the juice, the insight of what you see on a day-to-day -day basis. We know Reno, we rare, we don't get to see Phoenix nearly as often as I'd like to see Reno play Phoenix. Uh, give me the, the lowdown of the way this team plays. 
So I, I equate it a lot to how Liverpool plays. It's it's very fast. It's very pressing, um, and they just want to score goals. Um, it, if you were going to uh, attack Phoenix, um, you're going to have to know that if you do turn the ball over, you have wingers who are most likely faster than your uh, fullbacks. And, and if you have defenders who are in one-on-one -on -one or even get overloaded on one side, you're, you're in trouble because um, obviously the junior Flemings isn't here, but you still have Solomon Asante. You still have Santi Moar. Um, you still have Rufat Dadashov, who actually scored as a substitute um, when he came on last time they were in Reno. So it's a team that likes to score goals. Um, don't get me wrong. They do like playing defense as well, but uh, uh, their forte is to score. Yeah, I think you're going to see two teams that want to play the same brand of soccer. I mean, they want to get up and down the field. They want to press high and they want to put goals into the back of the net. You mentioned Junior Flemings and, and him not being here. For, for people who are unaware of what happened a few weeks ago with Junior Flemings, tell us the backstory as to why he is suspended after that match a few weeks ago with San Diego. So to make it as short as possible, I'll give you basically the recap of USL's investigation, which was that Junior uh, said a Jamaican homophobic slur on the pitch. Now, they could not confirm it was said toward Colin Martin, who was an openly gay player for San Diego Loyal. Um, so, and because of the week prior, you saw an LA player who called a uh, San Diego player the N-word. Uh, he got released and suspended for six games by the league. Now, Junior is still under contract with Phoenix, but he is suspended by the league for more games than the playoffs are allow. So that's why he will be absent. Um, and on top of that, uh, Phoenix made the decision on their own to also put uh, Rick Schantz manager on administrative leave for the rest of the season as well. Blair Gavin will be the interim. Um, but that's the basic gist of basically what happened and why Phoenix is without you know the golden boot winner and the 2019 manager of the year. How much of an impact do you think that's made on this team? Obviously, they go out and they beat SAC in Sacramento on um, on a um, um, a goal there uh, that uh, was uh, interesting. Um, how do you think it's affected them, if at all? So I uh, made my headline, Phoenix Rising punches their ticket to the yep. semifinal. Uh, obviously, real quick, because of that game, that's not actually something from where we saw live. We even had an if or but. I happened to ask uh, Asante after the match where it hit him, but it wasn't until everything started coming in on Twitter where you saw that, wow, that actually looks like a handball. But aside from that, um, another coach they lost, their number one assistant coach, Peter Ramage, he actually left to go be Newcastle United's U23s coach um, two months ago. So you're looking at a team that lost their number one goal scorer and probably would have been the MVP. Their manager and their number one coach have all left in the last month. So that's a question I've asked a lot of them. And their manager now, the interim player, Gavin, keeps preaching to them, you know, we're only guaranteed one more week. And the game that we saw against L.A., which was the game right after the San Diego incident, you saw a team that was was coming out and ready to just represent themselves and the team and kind of refocus back on on soccer, you know, after everything that had happened. And in terms of Reno, like I said earlier, going forward, They've been looking at, they circled this, this potential matchup in the playoffs, and they've been wanting to get back at it. And Rick Schantz, again, not, he's gone, but he did say after the 2-1 loss to Reno that he would have done things a little bit differently. And in that, I think he meant that he would have started Rufat Dadashov instead of 
Santi Moar, and Santi Moar is now going to be starting instead of Junior. But the lineup back in August was very pace-centric up front. Obviously, we're going to have to see Rufat start, which is going to bring in a little different dynamic with some height and some uh, interplay within the middle. Jake, uh, how did, what do you get the sense from this team that there is really kind of like this monkey on their back, like unfinished business in the postseason? I think Reno feels the same way. I mean, they're a club that has now made the postseason for four years in a row. Up until last week, they had never won a home match in the postseason. They had never gotten even to a Western Conference uh, final, which is what they'll play for this weekend. But you're talking about a Phoenix team that's won a regular season. They've been to a Western Conference final. They've lost the USL Cup. How much does this franchise want to get over the comp and, and feel like they finally deserve, you know, to be a champion in this league? Yeah. And to go, what you said about Reno, it, they're very similar teams in that aspect. Obviously Phoenix has had slightly more postseason success, but they haven't finished it, as you said. And, and last match, right before they played sack, the, the pregame speech huddle got uh, recorded and put on social and you hear Solomon Asante, the captain yell, We've never, like he's screaming, we've never won this cup. We need to bring this cup home for these fans. I think with everything that has happened um, with the team specifically um, in the last couple of weeks, it's, you know, the punching of the ball is kind of, uh, you know, a separate incident from the, uh, the homophobic slur incident. But still, it's just everything that's been happening around Phoenix. In all honesty, I think the only way to really, I don't want to say combat it or, or, or make it go away, but to, feel better about it, I guess, for lack of a better term, what to be to win. And that's all this team cares about because it's really, other than the Open Cup, I mean, this is the only trophy that they can't get their hands on. Jake Anderson with 98.7 Radio in Phoenix. Joining us here on NSN Daily, uh, previewing the match between Phoenix Rising and Reno 1868 FC. That'll be uh, Saturday night at Greater Nevada Field. 700 fans will be allowed inside uh, the uh, the confines. And uh, if you're on the waiting list, maybe you've already been uh, contacted, but uh, that waiting list has been on the, uh, the website of Reno 1868. Uh, Jake, one last thing before we let you go, unless Alex has one more thing for you. I want to ask about the weather. If you think that's going to be a factor. I mean, you're coming from Phoenix where your overnight lows are 80 we, it could be 68 degrees. It could be 64 to 60 degrees by the time this match is over. And you're going from Phoenix at 1,100 feet to Reno at, you know, over 4,000. Yeah, that's actually something that was a talking point during uh, the interim manager Gavin's press conference earlier this week was they don't think that the weather in terms of temperature will be so much of an impact, but more so the elevation specifically because Reno was the only team in the Western Conference to advance and not have to play 120 minutes. Rising this week had a slightly less uh, fine-tuned practice, or I, I should say less rigorous training uh, because of the fact that these guys had played an extra 30 minutes and Reno was up four to one and they got to take off some guys and rest their legs and whatnot. So it, it's definitely going to be a factor. Uh, should Phoenix advance, it's going to continue to be a factor, but one thing that I will say, if you notice, Phoenix's road record is nowhere near what it is at home. And obviously, when you're playing Phoenix in July in Arizona, if you're not used to that, it's literally going to be hell for you. So I think Reno being at home is a big advantage. Obviously, you played a baseball stadium, so you understand the pitch better than Rising does. They've only been there once. All the other advantages that go with that it's it's just a game that I'm really excited to to watch and like I said earlier it's kind of unfortunate that this is uh, an early round matchup yeah Alex has called games in the snow at greater Nevada field both baseball and <laughs> what's that 
Baseball and soccer. <laughs> Jake, we appreciate your time. Uh, hope you enjoy the visits of the 775. I know you've got family up here and uh, be able to spend a, a little time with them. But uh, welcome to the city, and uh, we hope for a spirited match on Saturday night. Well, dude, thank you very much for having me, guys. Appreciate being here, and uh, maybe I'll see you on Saturday in the press box. There you go. All right. Thanks for being with us. We'll have much more coming up on NSN Daily right after this. This segment sponsored by Hometown Health. Welcome back into NSN Daily. Uh, Wendy Myers joining us from Renown Health. And, you know, the folks at Renown doing such a great job of literally kind of just keeping us between the lines right now. I think that's that's what a lot of us really kind of need right now when it comes to our health, our nutrition, our, our mental health. And, uh, Wendy, tell me about this program that you guys have been doing. You were doing lunches before uh, this pandemic hit us, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon, but you're continuing <laughs> on to help people. Uh, put the right things in their mind and in their bodies. Yeah, so we like to do a monthly talk called Take a Bite Out of Wellness, where we have our members join and members of the community can, can join us and just talk about different ways to stay healthy. So everything from nutrition to fitness to activities that help relieve stress and kind of calm the mind. So gardening, hiking, um, hanging out with your pets. <laughs> so since yeah. COVID, we, we've transitioned it to an, a virtual um, opportunity where everybody can come in and join. Wendy, um, you were saying last month, we'll get into this month's topic, which is going to be next week and, and people can, we'll get the information out where people can, can watch and, and be a part of that. But I do want to talk a little bit about last month's hometown yeah. health luncheon, because you talked about pets. I have a yeah. dog and, and I know this has actually been a really cool time for me, you know, being at home as I've been able to spend extra time with my pet. And, and I know a lot of people feel the same way, but what kind of tips did you guys give out in terms of pets and, and their wellness and your wellness with your pets during this time. Yeah, so we talked about how important pets are, especially when people are at home by themselves and isolated and the companionship that they can provide. We also talked about the importance of training and how sometimes, um, you know, if you are a family with kids at home and husband and wife and you have a pet that's not behaving well, how much it can, the additional stress that it can add. So the importance of really working with your pet and developing that relationship and having those boundaries and making sure they're well-trained so that they don't create additional stress. And by doing that, you enhance the bond with the pet and actually make a kind of more positive, happy relationship. Wendy Myers with Renowned Health uh, joining us here on NSN Daily. Wendy, what do you think has been the biggest, I don't want to say demand, but need by people? And I, I would imagine it's its all across the board, kind of just case-to-case -case basis, but what are you seeing the most where people need help? Um, for us, uh, the biggest request we get is help with nutrition. So people wanting to work with a dietitian, learning what to eat, what they should put in their bodies, how to lose weight, how to build muscle. Um, so we find that we, we tend to do talks on nutrition three or four times a year. All right. And this is, this is a good time to talk about nutrition because we're entering mm -hmm. into, this is kind of the scary couple months of the year, right? Where we're yes. concerned about their weight. <laughs> we're going to the holidays. You've got Halloween and there's all the candy. Then you get into November and we're talking about Thanksgiving and, and then, all right, it's Christmas. And, and uh, a lot of people can let their health kind of slide this time of year and, and it starts getting colder so I know that yes. your next topic uh, coming up next week is going to be about nutrition. And a lot of the yes. spe specifics about that are just kind of handling the holidays. 
Right. So we want to help people go in prepared and um, with some tools to use as they go into the holiday season. So 100% correct. We have Halloween coming up. It's so easy to all those little pieces of candy. You don't think they add up, but they do. Um, so uh, one of the tips is to kind of tweak the sweets and focus more on healthy fruit, like healthy fruits and vegetables. Well, vegetables aren't really a sweet, but healthy fruits instead of that piece of pumpkin pie um, and limiting the candy. If you are going to eat more of that type of thing than to get up out of your chair and walk around and actually put some movement into your day. Um, and then going into the actual holidays, just healthier ways to cook and to also looking at your portion controls. So typically what happens is you, you know, you go to, maybe we won't have as many parties this year because of COVID, but you have things around and um, you kind of load up your plate because you want to try everything. So looking at how much you're actually putting on your plate and you don't have to eat everything that's on the plate. So maybe leaving a few bites there so that you're not consuming so many calories. Yeah. Alex, you're muted. Uh, not everything needs gravy, right? I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> this, this works perfect for Alex and I for Halloween because we both give out uh, asparagus to the kids. That's what perfect. We <laughs> I bet they love you. <laughs> I, I, am, I am the biggest culprit of like filling my plate to the brim. Like, yes. you know, it's like, it's not like the buffet isn't like five feet away from me, but at Thanksgiving, I'm like, I got to try everything. Exactly. And then I'm like, exactly. all right, now I'm going to go back for a second round. And then, you know, I, I can't move for like a week right. after that. And speaking of movement, <laughs> so the, one, I think one of the important things uh, you guys were going to talk about, it's not only what you're eating and your caloric intake, but if you are going to go kind of double down on the pie and you're going to, you know, get a little crazy that, you know, the, the activity maybe that you're able to kind of bump up, maybe get that extra walk in or whatever is going to help you as well. Yes. Just keep your body moving. Yes, especially with so many of us working from home now, it's easy to be, you know, sitting in your home office or on your couch or wherever you're working. Um, just get up for 10 minutes, go outside, take the dog, um, take your kids and just go for a walk, especially after like a Thanksgiving meal. Really good to get the body moving before you go to bed because a lot of us finish Thanksgiving and our stomach's full and we just want to go lay down or sit on the couch. But if you get out and move, it can help boost that metabolism a little bit. Um, simple things you can do at home, push-ups, squats, lunges. You don't have to have heavy weights to do a workout it's just simply moving the body and burning calories yeah wendy i think we've, one thing i've discovered and i think a lot of people have discovered because i'm seeing more and more people out is the great trails that we have in our yes. community i mean right here in the northwest uh, yes. two months ago three months ago i'd see maybe one person you walk by and you kind of you kind of go hey another person i'm not supposed <laughs> right. to talk to you but <laughs> now there are families and there are droves yeah. of people so I, I, where, where do you think our community is when it comes to mental and physical health during a pandemic that probably is going to see a lot of us working from home through the end of the year? Right. I think that I agree with you. I'm seeing a lot more people out and about and on the trails and walking the marina in different areas of town. Yeah. My friends and I just went and did the Hunter Creek Trail last weekend, and it was, it was amazing. I mean, we're so blessed with good weather here in Reno. Um, most of the year, I know it gets cold, but we get that, that sun and not so much rain. So you can really get out and be active and come winter transition into something like snowshoeing and get your kids out and your family out. Um, I think people are getting more comfortable with, with being outside at least. Um, I know the gyms, everyone's still a little bit hesitant, but even that at my gym, I'm seeing more, more and more people attend. And then uh, I know another part of this demonstration next week, uh, we're talking about your head chef at Renowned Justin yes. Bart. He's going to do a cooking demonstration using some fall yes. ingredients. Can you give us a little preview of what we might be able to look forward to there? 
Yes, so Justin is our executive chef at Renown and he is amazing. And so he's gonna do a fall cooking demo. Um, we're gonna have maple glazed pork tenderloin, orzo salad and pumpkin soup. So we're all really excited I can't wait to try it. So it'll be virtual and we're gonna send anybody who RSVPs for the event will be sent the ingredients list ahead of time. So you can actually cook with Justin virtually um, during the event. We may have to set up a, a like a chopped sort of food network event, Alex versus Kelvin. <laughs> <laughs> that would be Alex, awesome. Big can throw down in the kitchen. Yeah. He can throw yeah. down. Uh, Wendy Myers with Renowned Health joining us. Wendy, one last thing I want to ask you. I mean, we've been talking about this whole thing. How do people sign up for this? How do people get involved and be able to see what you guys are doing? Yeah, so you'd actually go to the Hometown Health website and we will have a link on there that is a, a goes to Eventbrite and you can RSVP there. And then just a day or two before the event, you'll get an email with the link to the uh, virtual event. All right, uh, we appreciate what you're doing. I know all of us are, are kind of enduring this in different ways, mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah. And, and any type of help that I, that I think our community can get is, is a great thing. Wendy Myers with the, yes. with, home, uh, with the Hometown Health Area at Renown, thank you so much for your time. Very appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. We'll be right back with much more on NSN Daily slash Cooking Challenge with Alex Margulies coming up. <laughs> Welcome back here to NSN Daily alongside Chris Murray. I'm Alex Margulies. Time now for our Dollar Loan Center Money Play of the Week. And as we've talked a lot of soccer on this week's show, getting ready for this big showdown between Reno and Phoenix tomorrow night at 6 o'clock right here on Nevada Sportsnet. How about going back to last weekend? On Saturday night, Reno 1868 taking on the LA Galaxy 2 and none other than the Sparks native and Northern Nevada uh, star Kevin Partita stealing the ball away from the keeper and finishing a goal within the first five minutes of the match. It was a huge tone setter, Chris, and that win over the LA Galaxy. Earlier in the show, we heard uh, Doug Raftery, the general manager of Reno 1868, picking Kevin Partita as his team MVP. And certainly that was an MVP kind of moment to set the tone last weekend. Yeah, and you heard Corey Herzog talk earlier this week on NSN Daily that he missed the chance a little bit before that. And kind of was thinking, you know, would that be the one chance we would get in this game? And Kevin Pardita being able to go and be very aggressive and really use an LA Galaxy misplay and, uh, you know, bury that thing and give Reno uh, an early lead, I think relieved a lot of pressure from the team for sure. Uh, you know, they hadn't had a ton of success in the postseason. I'm sure that weighed on some of the minds of the returning players, but to be able to get that early lead, be able to take a deep breath and just say, okay, we have this, let's just go and play our game now, I think was huge. And it, it does show Kevin's value for sure. I mean, he's not the most statistically uh, you know, spectacular player on the roster for sure. I mean, this is a guy who scored three goals with one assist this year. So kind of uh, ranks a little bit lower on the points. Um, but as Doug said, I mean, a very, very important player, both on offense and on defense. Uh, you know, he's great with the ball at his feet, uh, you know, just starting the break and, and making great passes. And I think this has been a really good year for him. I know he had a little, you know, chance with MLS and the San Jose Earthquakes, but just be able to play a full season and be able to continue to grow as a player by being out there on the field. Um, you know, he's been a really, really strong player for this team. And one of the reasons that Reno is in this elite eight, uh, you know, team still left in the USL tournament. Yeah, it's great to see him back healthy. I mean, when he burst onto the scene in 2018, when he was inserted into the lineup for Reno, it changed their whole season. And then he eventually had uh, his contract picked up by the Quakes and then unfortunately suffered a really bad ACL injury. You know, last year, I, I don't think he ever really quite got back to full strength. And now you're seeing... Kevin Partita back at full strength and the impact that he is making on the pitch. And uh, certainly he will be counted on come uh, 
Saturday night when Reno tries to knock off Phoenix and get themselves to their first ever Western Conference Final. Again, you can catch that one right here on Nevada Sports Net. The telecast will start at 6 o'clock. I'll be on the call with Brian Slusser, and uh, should be a lot of fun. We'll be right back to wrap things up here on NSN Daily. We'll give Chris a chance to vent about his Dodgers. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little bit about Clayton Kershaw. It's kind of a sore subject, but we'll talk about that next. I want to thank Doug Raftery for coming on the show this week, as well as Jake Anderson from 98.7 Arizona Sports, also Hometown Health, as well as the Wolfpack Moms. Again, you can catch the full interview this weekend on Wolfpack All Access. Talk a little baseball before we go. A huge win for the uh, Houston Astros, a walk-off by uh, Houston to keep their series alive against the Rays. They're still in good position. Last night, uh, Chris, not a good night for your Dodgers as they have now fallen down three to one uh, against the Atlanta Braves. You and I got into a bit of a heated discussion <laughs> away from NSN Daily about Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I made kind of a comment like, I bet you're glad Kershaw's not pitching. And you were, uh, of course, wanting Kershaw to pitch. And unfortunately, last night wasn't totally his fault. I wouldn't say it was, but, uh, yeah. you know, Gave up some runs in a very key part of the game, and and unfortunately, uh, the Braves never looked back and and root to their win. How, how are you feeling about it today? I mean, I'm going to go down with the the ship. Uh, the Dodgers are probably not going to win the series based on how they played in these first four games, but I'll keep enough optimism to still predict the Dodgers in seven. But yeah, I mean, that was like your classic bad Kershaw postseason start. Like he has five fine innings, has given up one home run, a solo home run, one run. Uh, and then it just kind of falls apart in inning six and seven. He just has not been great in inning six and seven when he has bad postseason starts. Some people can blame Dave Roberts for not getting him out there early enough uh, going the third time through the lineup. But the bottom line is, you know, he was outpitched by a guy named Bryce Wilson who spells his name with an S. Uh, when you get outpitched by a Bryce Wilson who spells his name with an S, uh, when you're making $35 million a year, it's not good enough. Uh, and the Dodgers have not been good enough hitting the ball. The bullpen has been a dumpster fire, an ERA around nine this series. Dave Roberts has made a couple of questionable things. The starting pitching has not been great enough. The Braves deserve to be up three to one in the series. We'll see if the Dodgers can mount a rally, but um, you know, it's not looking great for the Dodgers, certainly at this stage of the uh, series. Hopefully things are different by the time we reconvene on Monday. You know, I've made no secret that I'm a Giants fan and I'm obviously not a Dodger fan. I've always kind of, of course, rooted against the Dodgers, but I can't help. I, I do have some sympathy when it comes to Kershaw a little bit because this story has played out so many times, like you said, where he has a great start to his outing. And then either he's just left in there a little bit too long or he just he can't finish his start. And unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of pain for Dodger fans who have seen this thing play out too many times. But man, who would have thought a possible Rays and Braves <laughs> World Series when the 2020 Major League season started? I don't think anyone would have predicted that. No, I don't think so either, but it's 2020. So, you know, probably wouldn't get great ratings, but both of those teams, if they get there, they've earned it. All right. That's going to do it for this week on NSN Daily. For Chris Murray, Anthony Resnick behind the scenes, I'm Alex Margulies for Brian Samudio. We'll see you guys on Monday.